Welcome back to the Evans Based Rheumatology Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Putman, and this is episode 99 Hospital Problems. Now, this was published in the New England Journal of Medicine a couple weeks back, and I would be lying if I didn't say that I was super excited about this. I have been uh, trying to publish something in that journal for a hot minute, and uh, I was really proud to see this one there. So I'm excited about it. I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, I'm just going to read it to you now. Hospital Problems. Miss S will be discharged later today. The biopsy isn't a hospital problem, but nephrology will see her as an outpatient, said my trainee. I could tell he knew his report might incite yet another diatribe from his prematurely cantankerous attending. Rounds had already been delayed while I fought to get rituximab for a patient who had been discharged five weeks earlier. Awaiting laboratory studies to determine the cause of her necrotizing scleritis had not qualified as a hospital problem, so she'd been discharged with an oral steroid taper and a plan to initiate additional therapy after the lab results were back. They confirmed a diagnosis of ANCA-associated vasculitis shortly thereafter, but weeks of insurance company and transigence had meant prolonged exposure to prednisone and no rituximab to date. Frustration at the situation lingered as I tried to focus on our new patient. She had been hospitalized with systemic lupus erythematosus, which explained her pericarditis, rash, and polyarthralgia. We suspected that it also explained her 2.5 grams of proteinuria, but much like awaiting labs and initiating rituximab, attaining a kidney biopsy did not qualify as a hospital problem. I stopped rounds and called the hospitalist who was managing her care. She patiently explained that the patient had already been transitioned to oral steroids and no longer required hospitalization. Renal biopsies could be done in the outpatient setting, and the patient needed to avoid aspirin for three more days regardless, so containing her cost of admission might not even expedite the workup. I thanked the hospitalist for quickly answering my call, sighing against the inevitable as I hung up the phone. Where does this come from anyway? I asked my team, intending the question to be rhetorical. One of my fellows suggested the business majors, which sounded plausible, albeit vaguely pejorative. We moved on to other patients who still had hospital problems that required our attention. That evening, I typed hospital problem into PubMed. The phrase had entered the medical lexicon in the late 1800s, but in the earliest records, it referred specifically to problems with hospitals as opposed to problems requiring hospitals. The idea of a problem list for each patient did not arise until much later, gaining traction in the 1960s with the pioneering work of Larry Weed. In addition to inventing the SOAP note, Weed introduced the concept of the problem-oriented medical record, which he and others believed could improve both diagnostic reasoning and medical record keeping. He also created an earlier version of the electronic medical record, which inherited his conceptual framework. Today, every commonly used EMR includes some version of a problem list, which physicians theoretically update as care evolves. The next day, my patient was gone, discharged with a prescription for hydroxychloroquine, a steroid taper, and a plan for an outpatient biopsy sometime hence. Her hospital problem had become an outpatient problem, though in truth, nothing but her admission status had changed. I suspect, but cannot prove, that the conceptual bifurcation of the problem list into hospital problems and other problems began in the late 1990s or early 2000s with the introduction of the idea of the hospitalist, an internal medicine physician who exclusively practiced inpatient medicine. Like any specialty, hospitalists founded an academic journal and hosted academic conferences. As they defined their scope of practice, the hospital itself served as the logical organizing principle. Thus, problems treated by hospitalists and hospitals became hospital problems. My patient missed her scheduled kidney biopsy. In addition to her proteinuria problem, she had a transportation problem and an access to childcare problem. Experiences like this one explain my prematurely cantankerous attending problem because my preference had been for the biopsy to qualify as a problem we resolved in the hospital. Had she received the biopsy, we would have known for sure that she had lupus nephritis, the problem that led to her hospitalization in the first place. With the results of the biopsy, we could have described its activity and chronicity, and we could have used that information to tailor her immunosuppressive therapies. Instead, I paged a nephrologist to organize another attempt. 
My frustration at the situation had nothing to do with the hospitalist who had discharged my patient. That hospitalist had been diligent and thoughtful, arriving at a reasonable choice within the context of hospital-based medicine and its hospital-requiring problems. That context is the problem. Since the early 2000s, hospitals have been developing metrics to define high-quality care. In addition to readmission rates in the instance of various iatrogenic infections, reducing hospital length of stay has been a popular target. Most people prefer non-hospital days to hospitalized days, and insofar as effective treatments hasten the return to health, it seems plausible to assume that shorter stays correlate with effective stays. As an ancillary benefit, shorter stays may cost less and increase throughput, resulting in more revenue for hospitals. Because tallying the length of stay is easier than quantifying high-quality care for heterogeneous hospital problems, patients with everything from congestive heart failure to new-onset lupus nephritis must meet the same metric. My patient missed her second biopsy as well. She declined additional attempts, preferring empirical treatment for lupus nephritis. Her proteinuria gradually improved with steroids and mycophenolate mofidil, though it never normalized, and I cannot say whether discharging her without a kidnap biopsy caused her measurable harm. I can say that her proteinuria probably would have benefited from a hospital, whether or not it required a hospital, and that the system is neglecting it strikes me as a problem with hospitals. That notion may be antiquated, but the modern ethos of hospital-requiring problems served my patient poorly, just as it had poorly served my patient with necrotizing scleritis. As the proportion of physicians employed by hospital systems and their business majors has risen, the ethos and priorities of hospital-based medicine have become increasingly influential. Physicians practicing in this context must embrace dual roles as both employee and advocate, working with hospital administrators to identify areas where corporate interests conflict with patient-centered care. The delays and frustration caused by hospital problems, for instance, highlight the importance of developing metrics that capture value for patients even if they extend hospital lengths of stay. Longer term, transitioning to value-based payment models may break down the barriers currently separating inpatient and outpatient medicine. In the interim, physicians and hospital administrators should recognize the value of also treating the problems that merely benefit from hospitals. All right, that's the that's the perspective. Now, you know, I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, I wrote it over a couple of weeks after I became especially frustrated <laughs> after a couple of uh, my patients had gone through this, and I just think that this um, is a problem that is currently endemic to medicine. I feel like the business majors um, have taken over, and it's it's not that it's not that the the business majors are good people. Okay, I mean they want to help, but the incentives of business majors are not the same incentives of doctors. And when business majors run a lot of medical choices, you know, the, the medical choices wind up being frustrating. And so, you know, this piece I was trying to capture a couple experiences where it just felt to me like the incentives of hospitals and hospital-based medicine, and specifically this idea of hospital problems, had resulted in a lot of trouble for my patients. Now, it's been great to hear a lot of people reaching out to me. Um, I appreciate everyone who said uh, that they enjoyed the piece and everyone who shared it. So thank you to all for thank you to all for reading it and and listening and uh, thank you to all for uh, thank you for all the kind words you've said in, in the aftermath. But um, so you know I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed the piece. You can check it out. It's uh, just called Hospital Problems. It's pretty easy to find. Uh, and with that, uh, thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great week. <laughs>